we're rolling. And as the D baby just said off cam, we were supposed to have two producers at this point. She's literally due today, the day that I'm recording this. For you guys, this will be the day after her due date. So maybe we'll have a baby by the time you guys hear this. But that said, it's been a very hectic and wild weekend. Delaney uh, was about 39 and a half weeks pregnant when I left her all alone. I went to go play AVP New Orleans. Wilson ran away, blown away by a biblical storm, 58 miles per hour winds and exploded. It's been wild. We've had two challengers and an AVP in New Orleans since I last chatted with you guys. So it's been a huge busy weekend and I could be leaving for the hospital at any moment. But that said, nothing stops me from talking about Olympic beach volleyball. Baby be damned. <laughs> and we have a lot to chat about. So we had two events in Brazil. We had a challenge in Eat to Pema, Brazil. And then we had one right after the week later in Saquarima, a new stop that's also a stop on the World Surf League. I only know that because of Try, obviously. But it was a huge, huge two weeks for the whole Federation of Brazil. Last time I chatted about the road to Paris was after Tepic, where Brazil had zero teams in the main draw. It was the first time in history that a major event had not included a Brazilian team in a main draw in an event in which they sent their top teams. And then I said it's a Scandinavian sport, Brazil struggling, but that this would be a big month for Brazil because it's in Brazil. They have a massive home court advantage. Their fans show up. And Brazil took advantage. George and Andre won gold in Itapema, their third straight gold medals in Itapema. I call them Thanos because they're inevitable. They're the kings of Itapema. They've won 18 straight matches in Itapema, and they've won 24 consecutive matches and four straight gold medals when you go to Brazil as a whole. And so for George and Andre, any event in Brazil is a huge opportunity. And then the next week, Evandro and Arthur win gold. It's Evandro's first gold medal since 2019 in Warsaw, Poland with Bruno Schmidt, who's now retired and pursuing a career in law. And it is the first gold medal for his young partner, Arthur Mariano. Now, a couple weeks before I'd actually chatted with Rich Lamborn, I wondered if we were sort of seeing the downfall of Evandro. He hadn't really performed in a while. And then bam, that text to Rich did not age well. Evandro wins a gold medal. It's an electric final as well. It was so fun to watch because it included one of the most unlikely teams, Chase Budinger and Miles Evans. They have entered the chat, ladies and gentlemen. They looked pretty bad, to be totally frank, in Itapema. They barely got out of the got out of the first round of the qualifier. They played a, a good young team from Switzerland in Jonathan Jordan and Emmanuel Zerker. But uh, honestly, it took Jordan and Zerker kind of threw it away. And so Miles and Chase won that one, 17-15 in the third set. And then they kind of got slapped around pretty good by Taylor Crabb and Taylor Sander. I'll have more on them in a minute. And I, I honestly figured when I saw the draw of the qualifier in Sakurima that that might be the last international event we'd see from Chase and Miles because they had Adrielson and Arthur Da Silva of Brazil. And if you haven't heard of them, I don't blame you. They don't travel a ton. But they are so dang good. They've won a couple Brazilian tour events. They won a couple one-stars, or Adrielson did anyway. And the word from a lot of the Brazilian federation is that Adrielson was sort of the next Guto-type player. And so I saw that draw, and I thought, well, you have a really good Brazilian team to beat. And then if you win, you get the blessing of playing Francis, Remy Basro, and Julian Lanil, who had just beaten Sweden and taken a fifth in La Paz. And Sweden is now widely considered the number two team in the world. So that's your draw in the qualifier, and I figured there's no chance that they make it out. I wasn't betting on them. 
And then what do you know? Not only do they beat Adrielson and Arthur De Silva, not only do they beat Remy Bassero and Julian Lanil, they won 21-9, 21-12 against France. Lanil could do nothing. Bassero's block, which gave Kame Shock fits and nightmares and cold sweats, he did nothing. Chase and Miles were absolutely dominant. And then they moved on, beat Miles Partain and Andy Benish in the first round of the main draw. They beat Steven Vandeveld and Matthew Immers of the Netherlands. And Vandeveld has one of the nastiest floats I've seen in my entire life. Go all the way to the gold medal match, beat Julian Horl and Alex Horst of Austria, who had a tremendous tournament, finished in bronze. Silver medal, and that is a humongous move for Bud and Jerry Nevins, especially since Sakurima is the last challenge event that they're going to get for a long time. The next challenge isn't until your Mala in mid-June. So unless they can get into an Elite 16, I don't think they'll have the entry points to do so, which the next Elite 16 is in Uberlandia. I'll follow up in a couple weeks about that. But then after that is Ostrava at the end of May. So for the last international event, for about a month and a half, two months for Chase and Miles. Massive, absolutely massive, hugely important for the Americans to get a silver medal and hugely important for Miles Partain and Andy Benish as well. Another big winner of the last two weeks. They took a fifth in Itapema and (laughs) that fifth is somewhat, in retrospect, it seems almost divine because they looked awful in their first match against Hungary. They lost 11-21. Theo theoremed them. Now, Hungary probably didn't know what the Theo theorem is. It's when if you beat a team 21-12 or worse in the first set, the odds of you winning the second set are unbelievably low. It's hilarious. Once you see this trend, you, you cannot unsee it. And so Andy Miles, they lose 21-11, end up winning the next two sets, 21-19, I believe, smashed them in the third, end up qualifying, beating Alisson. Talk about a nightmare draw, beating Alisson in the qualifier. Good heavens. They beat Evandro and Arthur in the ninth place rounds in that one. And then they took George and Andre to three. They were the first team to take a set of George and Andre. So they took a fifth in Itapema, come back through the qualifier in Sakurima, end up taking a fourth in Sakurima. So they have a fifth and a fourth, and they are now ranked number 25 in the Olympic rankings, despite having just two finishes. So a huge, huge tournament for Andy Miles, not only just in their finishes, but in how they played. Andy Benish led both tournaments both Itapema and Sakurima in total blocks. It, it, his blocking, he's always been a, a very good, fantastic blocker and one that I'm never comfortable playing against, but now no one's comfortable playing against Andy Benish. He, he's averaging almost three blocks per set. The world-class standard that you want to hit is 1.75, and he's averaging almost three. That's Hendrik Mole led Itapema in blocks per set with 3.1, which is unbelievable. And so big, big weekend for Chase and Miles, big weekend for the Brazilian Men's Federation as a whole, back-to-back gold medals for them, and a huge one for Miles and Andy. But the, the part that I really want to mention about Itapema and Sakurima, it's just everyone is good. We talk about this a lot on the podcast, but Came Shock and Try, when we had them on uh, last week, Kane was talking about just how ridiculously good everyone is. There's probably, you have Anders and Christian of Norway, clearly the number one team in the world. And then you have Sweden's David Amon and Jonathan Helvig, widely regarded as the number two. And then you have a kind of a, a three through 30 where everyone can just beat everyone. Hendrik Moll and Matthias Bernstein took a bronze in Itapema, and then they barbecued out of Sakurima. Lithuania's Audrius Canassis and Patrikas Stankovicius elite name, by the way, 
Haven't seen them much. They're a talented team. Don't travel a whole lot. Well, they sweep Cuba out of the qualifier, end up having a couple good wins in the main draw. Out of nowhere, Sam Schachter and Dan Deering, number one team in Canada, fifth in La Paz, lost in the qualifier to Portugal's Hugo Campos and Joao Pedrosa. So anyone can beat anyone at this point, and it's wild. And a lot of fans, I'm sure, are having the debate are, is the men's tour really, really good? Is that why there's so much parity? Or is it sort of everyone is in this morass of mediocrity? And it is the former. Everyone is so freaking good. The talent level is so high. Alex Horst was in the World Championship Finals in 2017, one of the best players in Austrian history. Ageless. He's kind of the, the John Hyden of Austria. Now he's winning bronze medals. Him and Julian Horrell are the number one ranked Olympic team in Austria, ahead of Moritz Pristaus and Robin Seidel, ahead of Philip Waller and Martin Ermacora. It, it's, it's dense. This race is dense. And now for the rest of the Americans in Brazil, just going to do my North American report while I'm on the topic of the guys. The Itapema challenge, I think, is the best proxy for how this quad is going to go for the American men. You have Miles and Andy who took a fifth but could have very easily lost in the qualifier to Hungary. You have the Taylors who in my mind put together perhaps the most brilliant 17th place finish in the history of 17th place finishes. They're working with Evie Matthews now, or at least temporarily. I don't know if they've gone with him full time. But the first thing that Evie did was switch Taylor Sander to the left. And I think it's a tremendous move. Taylor Crabb has proven very talented when he's on the right. That's where he played when him and Trevor made their debut on the AVP Tour and the FIVB Tour. That's where he played with Paul Lottman when he won a bronze medal and a fifth in Dubai last fall and so Taylor Crabb very comfortable on the right Taylor Sander as an outside hitter is a natural fit on the left and now they have the extra threat of Taylor Sander optioning and so they're not going to peak right away I think they're they're going to continue to improve and I was honestly pretty impressed with what I saw from them in Itapema and Sakurima despite the fact that they didn't qualify they lost a heartbreaker to Yves Hausner and Quentin Matral of Switzerland in that qualifier but it's not that they played bad. And I'm seeing Taylor Crabb, I think, is playing with a level of focus that I have never seen from him before, where he is just dialed in full effort the whole time. But they ended up taking this 17th. They were up 14-11 in the first round against Steven Vandeveld and Matthew Emmers and just lost a, a heartbreaker, honestly. And with the way that these challenge formats are, if you lose your first round of pool, it's so difficult because you have you're very likely going to be put into the lucky loser rounds, which four of the third place finishers in pool play will be lucky losers. The top two will go straight to ninth place. So that first round of pool play in a challenge is so, so, so very important. And Sander and Crab are right there. They're at 14-11, had three match points, just missed to an excellent, very talented team from the Netherlands. And that changes the whole tournament. They had a lot of grit and toughness in a 16-14 win in three over Sam Schachter and Dan Deering to move on. And then they lost to Cuba, who was just on a heater in Itapema. And so I, I was pretty impressed with what I saw from Taylor Crabb and Taylor Sander. The, the end result wasn't there, as you guys could see as well. They, they took a 17th. They didn't qualify in Soccer Rima. And now that they're going to have a, a pretty long break internationally until your Mala, most likely, unless they get a wild card. But American teams, we don't host events. So we're just very unlikely to be getting wild cards. Then you had Trevor Crabb and Theo Bruner took a fifth in Soccer Rima. And just a week before, they barbecued. 
in Itapema. Triborn and Came Shock took a fifth in Itapema, but they went to three every single match and required a, a comeback from down 7-12 to Poland's Piotr Cantor and Maciej Rudol. And it's just the way it's going to go for the Americans. It's just going to be up and down and up and down and peaks and valleys and inconsistencies. And that's just not just for the Americans. That's pretty much for every single men's team outside of Anders and Christian and Sweden. And really, not, they're not even immune to any of that either. Because we saw Sweden, they took a ninth in La Paz, and then they won Tepic the next week. So this men's race is just going to be absolutely bananas. And, and the men's American race is getting wilder and wilder because of that silver medal finish from Chase and Miles and because of the fourth and fifth from Partain and Andy Benish. Now, switching to the women's, you guys did request that I split up the men's and women's and not hop back and forth. So the biggest... Winners from the women's, the Italians, Valentina Gattardi and Marta Menegatti, after they took a fifth in the Tepic Elite 16, or a fourth, pardon me, in the Tepic Elite 16, uh, I mentioned that they were, they were on the rise, might be some raw moments from Valentina, might not be super polished quite yet, and then bam, win a gold medal, the first gold medal for Valentina Gattardi in her young and very, very promising career they were excellent now valentina she led tepic in blocks led tepic in aces it was not an exception she was third in sakurima in blocks and she was first in sakurima by eight in total aces so she is legit put that stamp of approval i'm here i'm on board the hype train for valentina gatati and marta menegatti now the brazilian women also had a massive two weeks. Again, the, the home court advantage in Brazil cannot be overstated. They just win medal after medal after medal after medal at home. Three different Brazilian women's teams won medals in Itapema and Sakurima, and none of them were Duda and Ana Patricia, who are one of the best teams in the world and are actually the fifth-ranked Brazilian team in the Olympic ranks. I'm just going to let that settle in and blow your mind for a minute because when I was talking to Delaney early about that, it, it was wild. Now, Thamela Corradelli and Talita Antunes, I believe, are the top-ranked Brazilian team. It's a bit misleading because they have the most finishes. They're one of the few teams in the world with five Olympic finishes at the moment. Most teams have three. The occasional team has four. So it's a bit inflated. But then you have Tana Silva and Vitoria de Souza. They took a... It's Victoria Lopez and Tana Silva. They took a silver in Sakurima. Barbara and Carol, they took a silver in Itapema and actually had a brutal first round draw with Toledo and Thamela. They won 19-17 in that first round. Huge win for them to keep Toledo and Thamela at bay a little bit. Won that silver medal. And then you had Andressa Cavalcanti and Vittoria de Souza. They won a bronze in Sakurima. So the top 15 teams in the world in the Olympic ranks right now, five of them are Brazilians with the last ranked being Anna Patricia and Duda, and three of them are from the United States of America. It, it's just the Brazil-U.S. rivalry on the women's side is alive and very, very well. The other big winner from Itapema and Sakurima was Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel. They won a bronze medal. Therese Cannon loves Itapema. That was kind of her breakout moment on the world tour a couple years ago with Sarah Hughes. Won a bronze medal, did a little footloose dancing, and then again, back dancing on the podium with Sarah Sponsel. I think that they have established themselves as the clear number three American team. Now, I know they had kind of a disappointing finish in AVP New Orleans, ended up getting knocked out by Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes, who are kind of in that 3-4 discussion for who, are, who is that third and fourth ranked American team. 
But Teresa and Sponsor, Teresa's evolving. She was a bit streaky kind of throughout her career. That was sort of her Achilles heel was that she'd be a streaky server, streaky passer, streaky offensive player. And she's not. They were brilliant in a bronze medal match against Switzerland's Esme Bobner and Zoe Verge-Dupre, who have also rebounded nicely from a tough start at the beginning of the year. But Therese was just rock solid. She was awesome. And now they are the number three ranked American team in the Olympic ranks behind Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes, who are still number one in the world, and behind Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth. Shout out to them. TKN, rocking their shirt, always supporting my fellow Americans. The other big winner from the Brazilian challengers, China. Chen Xu and Xin Yi Sha. Now, Sha, last year, I watched her play a lot. She won five medals with Mei Mei Lin. And Sha, she was a, an Olympian. Very, very good. Just 26 years old. But I was every time I watched her, I just thought, if, if, if China could get her an elite blocker, she is going to be dangerous. And now she has Chen Xu, a 2008 bronze medalist in the Beijing Olympic Games, a 2013 world champ. And now, and they are fantastic. They won a gold medal in Itapema. It was Shaw's first gold in a major event in quite some time. And I think that puts them firmly on the map as an elite level team. And China hasn't had an elite, elite team probably since Chen Shu won that world championship in 2013. They're good. They took a ninth in Sakurima, which it's always tough to follow up a gold medal tournament and then go the very next week. So gold medal, ninth, Shin Yisha and Chen Shu. Legit hype train, counting them on there. Now for the final section of our road to Paris, the struggle bus. Who's on the struggle bus? Martin Ermacora and Philip Waller, they were one of the newly reformed Austrian teams they haven't quite found their stride. In four events this year, they've taken a ninth, a 21st, another ninth, and a 19th. They barbecued out of Sakurima. Uh, my boys, Dan Deering and Sam Schachter, they're playing good volleyball, but they're not winning. They took a fifth in La Paz, which is solid. They had a huge opportunity in Itapema, got wildcarded into the main draw, Ended up barbecuing out of that one, losing 0-2, losing a very close one to Taylor Crabb and Taylor Sander. And then in Sakurima, they lose a heartbreaker in three. Again, another close one in three to Portugal's Joao Pedrosa and Hugo Campos. And it's just a matter of winning's a skill. And I know I'm biased here because I'm good friends with them, podcast with them. And I think Triborn has that skill where you just see it. When it's 10-10 in the third set, Tri just finds a way. When they were down 7-12 against Poland and Itapema, he just sort of found a way and went nuts, had three blocks and an ace in the last like 10 points against Poland. And that's that extra gear that I think Sam and Dan are looking for and need to find in order to qualify for Tokyo and do some damage, as Sam and Dan said, when they came on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So they're finishing-wise, they're on the struggle bus. I'm putting them in there because they need some good finishes. They're going to be stuck in these challenge qualifiers, and you just don't want to be in there. The other men's team on the struggle bus joining them, uh, my guy Marco Crattinger. Love him. Such a good dude. Him and Florian Breer have just had a tough start to the year. They took in a 25th, a 21st, a 17th, and in Sakurima, they barbecued out, took a 19th. So brutal start to the year for Marco and Florian. And adding a little insult to injury for them is how well Yves Hausner and Quentin Matral played. They played fantastic in Sakurima. For the women, uh, Germans Julia, Schu- Julia Sud 
and Isabel Schneider. I predicted them to qualify for Tokyo. Has not been the most promising of starts for Germany's, in my mind, number two team behind Sinja Tillman and Svenja Mueller. Uh, they are one in seven in matches this year. So of eight matches, they've won just one. Not the best start for Germany. Uh, the next, my good friends, Corinne Quiggle and Sarah Skirmerhorn, Skirzy Herzy. They're 0-3 in qualifiers. It just it breaks my heart because traveling on the world tour, there's so much pressure. It's so expensive. And then they've lost in the last round of the qualifier three events in a row. Just brutal. And especially brutal because they have skipped AVPs in order to do so where they would have been main draw, where they would have been making money. And so they, they're going to have to find some magic and they're going to have to wait at least until your Mala in June to get back on the world tour. So hopefully playing AVP Huntington, playing a, another tour series on the AVP will kind of get them back on track, but they're going to have to start getting wins on the world tour or, or they're going to find themselves so far out of the race this early. Cause right now, as I mentioned in our last road to Paris, it's really just a race to world champs right now. You take your best six finishes of the year to qualify for world championships in October. And they're, they're running out of time in order to do so. The last team I'm putting on the struggle bus for the women is Lena Plesiuchnig and Katharina Skutzenhofer of Austria. I also predicted them to qualify for the Olympics. Their best finish of the year is just a 19th in Sakurima, so that is just making the main draw and then barbecuing out. So not the best finish, not the best start to the year for any teams on the struggle bus. Not ruling them out. Again, I'm just making you guys aware of the teams who are struggling at the moment. There isn't really many other teams to cover in my final section, the North American report. Haley Harward and Kelly Kalinske, they were the only American team, American female team in the main draw in Sakurima. It was odd not to see them, not to see any other Americans in the main draw. They ended up, they won pool, got a great start, and then again they took a ninth. They're sort of stuck in this ninth place holding pattern, and they, they just need one big breakthrough event. I think, again, it's a new team trying to find their stride. They're close. They're right there. It's just tantalizing, but they haven't quite pulled out the the big wins. And I think if they could get a medal, and and same goes with Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes, it, that that fourth American spot right now is wide open because you have Kelly and Sarah Hughes, Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes. Then you have Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth. I think no problem. They're going to be in world champs. Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel have a little bit of an edge, but that fourth spot it is still pretty wide open. And it's it's for Kelly Kalinske and Haley Harvard, kind of theirs for the grabbing at the moment. They need that big breakthrough. So the next Elite 16 is in Uberlandia. That is just a week after this will come out. I will have another Road to Paris following that one. That will be our May Road to Paris after Uberlandia. After that is an Elite 16 in the Czech Republic, Ostrava, the Steel Jungle. That is at the end of May, and then we're kind of hitting it hard after that. So May is a pretty empty month. We're just going to have an AVP in Huntington Beach in mid-May. And as far as international goes, after Ubalangia, we've got about a month. So as always, super fun hanging out with you guys on the road to Paris. And I will catch you all in a couple weeks after Ubalangia. Shoots. Shoots.